Annyeonghaseyo. Welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare recs for good measure, because why not ride the Hallyu wave all the way to shore? So grab some tech bokeh and listen to your new favorite unis. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. Nice to see you all. Yeah. I was going to say, we're all back together again. So, hooray. Yay. Megan, I have a question for you. Did you make any fun purchases this past weekend? (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Amy has been talking about her Oculus, which is like a VR headset, and she does like a workout through it, which she kept calling, she she kept talking to Leah about Supernatural. And I thought she was talking about the TV show. So I kind of like ignored their conversations. You're like, it's not, it's not Korean. I don't care. Because I'm like, "Uh, I don't watch Supernatural. I don't know. And then I realized that's not what she's, it's it's like a workout program through the Oculus. So I mentioned it to my husband and I need to understand, I need my listeners to understand, like if, if my husband gets one whiff, one seltzer scent of... One LaCroix raspberry. One one LaCroix raspberry scent that I want some sort of tech item. He's like all over it. Okay. That is like his wheelhouse. He also wants to like, he wants to research it. You know, he wants to look on wire cutter and see like, what's the best brand. I mean, he is like, so I just mentioned that, you know, I, I I would like to do this because Amy said you like it, like gamifies working out and it's the best. It is. Like, I will sing Supernatural's praises all over the place. Yeah. And I think, I don't think it's like a appearance thing, but I do think he wishes, like, I, I also was, like, in better shape, which I do, too. I just mean, like, so I can, like, ride bikes longer with him and that kind of stuff. So anything that's, like, also going to get me, like, moving, <laughs> he supports. <laughs> so, which I'm, like, fully capable of, like, ordering these things myself. Like, I'm an adult, but I got... A text from him and all it said was the oculus is, is going to be here tomorrow like all i did was like mention i was thinking of getting it told him how much it was and he's like it'll be here tomorrow which i and i don't want listeners to think i'm like that spoiled it was just that this is the way my husband deals deals with tech whereas leah's is like the opposite we, yeah let's just give a quick <laughs> genesis of how oculus came up in conversation so amy has been talking up her oculus and her supernatural and then i happened to like get a facebook ad for it because you know whatever like because it heard ro- it heard me talking the robots probably. are listening yeah. always mm-hmm. and so i was looking at it and i was like damn this looks kind of rad and i have been really busy with work and so i'm like glued to my chair at all times and i was like you know i could like halfway through the day take a little oculus break and like go off to Machu Picchu and like pew pew on like lasers and I was like whatever this sounds awesome so I had my birthday happy birthday to me happy birthday Leah thank you and because I am a big kid like my in-laws and parents like sent me some birthday money yay it was like being a kid again and I was like stoked and I mean like it wasn't like big bucks but I was like you know I'm like what should I get this is so fun and I told Nick I'm like I my husband I think I'm gonna get an oculus (sighs) so I have like FOMO ho I don't know fear of missing out husband I don't know I wish I'm having husband jealousy tonight (laughs) because whereas Neil is like the oculus is on its way (laughs) let me tell you what my husband said (laughs) He, we were on a walk 
by the coast when I shared that I was excited to get this Oculus. And he said, I'm really disappointed to hear this. Disappointed. Like I am like a three-year-old who just like smeared poop on the wall. And I was like, excuse me? You're disappointed? And he was like, we should be modeling. I mean, like, look, put him in like an Eileen Fisher cardigan and like give him a (laughs) pipe essentially. Yeah. He's like, we should be modeling connections to the here and now and you don't need like another tool that's going to take you further away from like engaging with the family or reality and we're not going to be showing the kids like you know like we're going to be showing the kids more screen times okay blah 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 and i was like dude i'll like use it alone when no one's here i don't know what's happening like just stop i want don't like harsh my fun i'm stoked Harshing like, my vibe bro yeah, and then that's when he's like vibe, well like- really do you think you should be disconnecting from reality i was like have you seen reality? Like, <laughs> I mean, one hundred percent. We should be disconnecting from reality. Yeah. COVID yeah. garbage fire at like my kids' school. Both my kids have had like positive exposures in the last like two weeks. We have like half of the Sierra Nevadas are on fire. Like Tahoe is on fire. Hurricane Ida like skull fucked Louisiana and is on its way to Megan right now. I'm like, yeah, pop me on some glasses and send me off to like the Arctic to play with lasers on my VR. That sounds great. So anyway, because I talk tough, but I'm a big baby. I was like, well, I'll just wait and we'll talk about it some more and really like align our values so that we're on the same page. <laughs> ew. No. Ew. Yeah. Ew. I, no. I feel Does he talk to you some it. more and align his values with you when he buys his mountain bikes? No, because buying his mountain bike means that he can be out modeling good physical fitness in the mountains. Oh, and that was the thing. I was like trying to do that. I was like, but uh, it's like another way I can get exercise because I have like a desk job that's sedentary. And then he like throws his arms out at like the ocean that we're walking along. Like, what's this? What's in your backyard? And I was like, F you for like making sense and just being such a dick about it. <laughs> so whatever I mean, he can it, i mean maybe it makes sense but like you can't ju- like jet off on like a jog right. in the middle of two meetings yeah no right. my new nickname for him as of this weekend is grumperella and i'm sticking by it so in news of ladies who buy what they want when they want it yeah. amy let's hear about your purchase yeah so i i, I do love my oculus and i do i do love some tech especially tech that involves cleaning. And we talked, I think we talked about this in the I Am Not a Robot pod. I'm not sure when it came up, but we did talk about vacuums and the importance of having a good vacuum. And I don't know, I think it was when you were talking about cleaning your house, Megan, or something like that. It might've been when you were moving, but we were talking about vacuums. And I have a Dyson Ball Vac, the yellow Dyson Ball Vac that we bought refurbished, like I want to say 20 years ago. Like this thing has lasted forever. (laughs) <laughs> and it still and it still works, but it weighs like it's like carrying myself around like when I have to carry it up the stairs. Like it's it's a beast. And I have always wanted a cordless Dyson. <laughs> because who doesn't? Because they're like six pounds. And I have three cats and I have carpeting and shit gets real around here with pet fur. So I unexpectedly got an email over the weekend with not unexpectedly, but I just I never know when royalty checks are coming for books. Like it seems like out of sight, out of mind. Like I have my day job. I know when I know when those checks come. Uh, yes. And so when royalty checks come, it's like, ooh, little bonus. Yeah. And I got notification of a direct deposit for royalties from an earlier publisher that I was with that I usually get like a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there. And it was like a little more than usual. It wasn't a ton, but it was a little more than usual. 
And I had made it through the first two weeks of school. And I was like, mama needs a present. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look at on Dyson's (laughs) website and see what they're doing with refurbished cordless vacs. I would like to say that my Dyson V11 pet hair remover cordless vac just arrived yesterday. And I cannot wait. And I shit you not, like I'm buzzing with excitement to vacuum my house this weekend with it. <laughs> We've hit like peak That's so much fun. adulting midlife when we're talking about like buzzing excitement oh, yeah. over the vacuum. But I, I'm right there with you. I would oh. like to... Well, I actually love my yeah, vacuum. Yeah, I kind of well, want let's, one. That's, I'm not going to get into the vacuum. Okay. So anyway. So we're asking a lot of questions today, right? <laughs> and I'm really happy for Megan and Amy and not at all jealous or bitter <laughs> about myself. I'm just going to take up. I showed them. Well, I have a box. What I mean. The thing? Oh, I have a box here of something that Nick oh, got yeah. our son. And it is. We have to see it again because. It's a soapstone carving kit. A bear. So you know what? Like I'm sure soapstone is like amazing <laughs> to carve, and our son does like whittling. But like, I bet you could do some right virtual now. whittling on the Oculus, and it would be so much <laughs> less messy and less dangerous. We got we got plenty of things going on that drive us crazy. But so he's it's obviously no way perfect. Like he would never ever buy that i'm ready because i'm ready to drive you out of your home you know what i mean like you know you're gonna be with like your staff and like your little (laughs) basket of berries like heading out and i'm gonna be like the coming in in my like red corvette like you know (laughs) new wife's here ready to like be showered with her oculus gifts Ready, Neil? <laughs> okay, well, I'll yeah, go out to get California. Ready, get ready to, like, make homemade dinners that, like, they're like, ugh, I guess these are okay. Tend the chickens in the backyard. <laughs> I will I will spend time with my with my grumpy kangaroo grumperella. <laughs> That's my sound. Your birthday anyway, money, your choice. Well, <laughs> I mean, 100%. Yeah. And it. I know the it's world be, is with me. And we're I just all going to work like. Out. Now that Ma- a, now that Megan has it, like the pressure is on. I know. No, the FOMO is like making me sweat. And that's what we're here for, though. Like I think we've said before, obviously. Like we we started this podcast because we love K dramas, but we were friends yeah. before. And this, I know, I know, unrelated to K dramas. So we've known each other for a long time, and that's why. Yeah, we'll talk about this kind of stuff on the pod, which I think is fun <laughs> because we're gonna keep doing because we're gonna keep doing it whether you do or not. So because we're gonna keep we keep doing. <laughs> Yeah, and if yeah, anyone uh, if podcast. anyone agrees or disagrees with the Oculus, weigh in. No, Afternoon no, do Delight not podcast do not disagree. Gmail.com. Tell Leah yeah. to fucking get it. <laughs> I know, but these are like these are our listeners. They're they are. awesome. So I'm just gonna like I want to come with like be like Nick. Look, I just have like 30 yeah. emails of people saying that we should just have it. So anyway, more they're questions. Gonna, gonna so many questions us. about what goes on Nick's mind. So many questions right. about what happens. We started out with some questions, but the main reason of the, or the main theme of this episode is, yeah, we have questions about what happens in K-dramas, if that's a real thing in Korean society, all that stuff. So in this episode, we're going to kind of talk about things that we have questions about and that we did our research on. And we did pose this question to our to some of our listeners on Instagram, it's always a good idea to follow us on Instagram at Afternoon of Delight Podcast. Ping. That's our handle because we often do <laughs> we often do uh, pose questions there before we record and like to make you guys you know a part of what we do. So we did ask 
our listeners, like, do you guys have any questions on things that you've thought about as you're watching K-dramas? And a lot of you weighed in. We have so, so many, like too many to answer on this, but so many that I think like this is going to have to just like be future spinoff snacks or something. Yeah, we can do more. So we do want to say thank you for responding. And so the first one, I think we're going to lob it over to Amy. So for those of you who live in the U.S., you know how if you go to an amusement park, there is a good chance you'll see couples in matching outfits. I don't know why it's a thing, but here in Chicago, we have Six Flags, or in the suburbs of Chicago, and you can guarantee that if I go on the swings, I'm going to puke, and if I head there on the weekend, there'll be lots of couples in matching outfits. This phenomenon appears to be popular in South Korea, where couples apparently often find it cute to match from head to toe. It's a way to tell the world you are an item. Another way is a couple ring. Usually, couples who have made it to 100 days going steady decide to make it official by putting a ring on it. Which finger do you wear the couple ring? Your ring finger, of course. It shows the world you are taken. Hmm. So what I want to, yeah, I know. It's sweet. It's sweet. I don't know about the dressing the same from head to toe, but the couple rings is kind of sweet. But what I want to know is... When you think of couple rings in K-dramas, what is the first drama that comes to mind? This was interesting because we kind of chatted about this and Megan seemed to strike a blank, which was fascinating. This really just has not resonated with Megan on any level. For me, right out of the gate, Chloe. Absolutely. Yep. I like don't even remember, like that's what's wrong with me. It's like I, I totally draw, have drawn a blank on the couple rings thing. Like, like I said, the listeners asked that question and I was like, is that a thing? And it's because I just clearly don't. It's such a sweet scene. So Captain Ree gives Sari the ring and she's like, she puts it on. She's like, it doesn't fit. It's way too big. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I gave you. It's because that one's supposed to be mine or something it's like so that. And he's like, cute. here, take this one. Yeah. Why? Okay. Well, we're doing a rewatch either end of this year or beginning of next. So I clearly need to make a note of that because I, like I said, I, I matching couple things is not my thing. I like I said, I don't think there is anything I can do that would get Neil in a matching outfit with me. Like nothing. <laughs> well, my future husband okay. Neil and I are totally getting couple rings. <laughs> <laughs> he might do it for with Leah. Oculus. He actually has never <laughs> he has never met Leah, but you guys will get virtual couple rings that you'll only yeah. wear when you both oh, have your oh, Oculus on. <laughs> It's true. He's never he's never met Leah, but he likes Leah. He will ask me questions about Leah. Yeah, it's no, we're funny. we're friends. So so maybe you guys are next to me. <laughs> we should get afternoon a couple of rings. So but like within that too, okay. So Megan Fair that like for whatever reason you have this like mental blind spot for K drama couple rings. Right. But like have you ever done like a goober thing to show that like you're going steady with somebody? I, I don't I, I don't Or going think so. out. Going like, out because we don't say steady. You're right. I've thought about this numerous times and I cannot think of anything that I have like done other than like matching when we go to prom or homecoming. I cannot think of anything that like But like that's just matching your dress to something. Yeah, or getting matching boutonnieres or or and corsage. Corsages. Aww. But that's like I, I don't know. It just is not in my repertoire of romance <laughs> so my classy thing that i would do when i was like going out with you know a young beau <laughs> because i don't know it's, oh my god beau. so cringy <laughs> i would take pop cans soda i mean i grew up in the midwest pop and take the tabs and we would do like the 
A, B, C, D, like making the tab go back and forth. And then like if it popped off on like your crushes, like a letter in their name, then like you saved it. And then we would like make necklaces on yarn and hang it around our neck. And that would be like our crush or more like our like boyfriends. You know, we did that in like middle school or elementary, you know, like that was like, I'm wearing Ryan's pop can name on my neck. <laughs> like I legitimately have never heard of that. I am fascinated by this. And this is another thing too. So, cause a little bit before this, we were talking, I don't see matching couple shirts. Like both Amy and Leah were like, oh yeah, like go to amusement park and you're going to see, I, I don't, I don't see that where I live. I don't like, know. Like, I don't know how to like, but they have family reunion shirts. Like if I go to an amusement park and, and also a lot of times at the amusement park that's near me, it's, it's Hershey park. You know, yes, I mean the chocolate place, chocolate world. They wear, if you're in a company and it's a company party, so you're all wearing the same shirts or a family reunion, but I've like literally never seen. What about like Disneyland or Disney style. world? Disney. That's, that's another place of like matching, like the Disney couple matching is like a whole other level. True. Okay. I will, I will acknowledge that. I just haven't, I haven't been to Disney World in a long time, but I will acknowledge that I have seen it. At and I mean, look, if okay. you like to dress well, Florida's like exactly another country. the same as your partner and go places, like the power to you. I mean, yeah, go for it. <laughs> We're not yucking that yum no. for you. Okay. So another question that happened is the goat sounds. And so, you know, I think that like Megan, this one gets you a little bit cold because you haven't watched Hospital Playlist yet or um, the Reply series. Amy, you've seen Hospital Playlist, so, like, you're more up-to-date with, like, the goat. And so what I'm saying is, so the Reply series has this goat sound that goes off during awkward moments. And what it does is something like this. <laughs> <laughs> Good impression. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I did my best to research, like, why? Why the goat? Why this sound? And honestly... I came up dry. Like this was a dead end cold case for me. All I saw was just a lot of WTF is up with goat bleats in the reply dramas. I saw that everywhere, but I saw nothing else. So, you know, I have to just assume it's like a choice to have something like a laugh track, just like a little cringe moment to highlight a bigger cringe moment. But I'm also like addicted to the goat sound now. I even hear the damn goat when I have my own personal real life awkward moments. Aww. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed it a little bit in hospital playlists, and it doesn't, it didn't phase me as like a WTF thing. And I know you said it happens a lot more in the reply series, but yeah, I just, to me, it's just like, I don't know, certain things are just kind of like embedding themselves as quintessential K drama, and I don't find it odd anymore when quirky things pop up. But how about you? Do you like sounds, Megan? Okay, so the first two dramas I watched were Cloy and Goblin, and neither of them are very sound e like i don't think there's a whole lot of lot of sounds in either of those but then the third one i watched like for an about face was touch your heart and whoever has seen touch your heart knows it's just it's very quintessential k-drama rom-com with tons of sounds and so i really got a crash course in it and i when i first started watching it i thought i don't think i'm going to be able to listen to like 16 episodes of like these sounds and then they grew on me and now I love them. Now I find them endearing. They're so quintessential K-drama and I'm watching What's Wrong with Secretary Kim right now and I just, I love it. I love all the sounds. I think it's so funny. And it's just, it's unique to me and it's it's something unique to K-dramas that I love. Like I think, Leah, you mentioned you, you love the like blink, blink sound and uh, yeah. I do too. <laughs> 
Okay, so as I said, I am watching What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, and they have the claw machine scene that I just got to. And I mean, claw machines are like in every K drama. So, and especially uh, our favorite claw machine scene, I think, was in Tale and Nine Tailed when there was a plague going on, literally people dropping like flies in the city of Seoul. And the two main leads are at a claw arcade because you got to squeeze one in in the drama, you know? So we wanted to know, are they really popular in South Korea? So I read an article in an article that in 2017, there were an estimated 1900 claw arcade rooms. So first of all, I read that there's one, okay, one such place, which this was in 2017. So I don't know if it's like still in existence. Zhang Arcades has three floors in Hongdae. The first floor is filled with around 40 claw machines with different types of character toys. 40. This does not compute at all. I know. Yeah. So some of the younger Koreans interviewed in the article said that it's a way to relieve stress and that the plushies they can win and the toys are really popular for them to post on social media, like on Instagram or something. Um Sung Woo, who leases the machines and owns an arcade, says the boom began last year as interest and access to popular toys grew. Cheaper machines cost more than $1,300 and pricier machines sell for more than $2,200. Quote, if you own a claw arcade in a developed area like Hongdae, you can make up to 300 million won, about 26,000 a month, he says. So clearly it's lucrative. Wow. So yeah. Gotta love that passive income. Can you imagine walking into (laughs) an arcade and there's 40 claw machines? How do you decide? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm into it though. We're going to, I mean, we're going to a claw arcade when we go to Seoul, for sure. Yes. 100%. 100%. The next question that we had was just like, what's up with saunas in K-dramas? And, you know, look, I've watched a hell of a lot of K-dramas now since my like, you know, de-virginizing with Crash Landing on You. But when I think of saunas, I always think of Crash Landing on You now just because, I mean, who didn't love the North Korean, you know, ducklings marveling at the free, and I put that in quotes, food in sauna you know where they like had the wristbands and they kept being like look i just have these wristbands and i'm getting more food and it ended up like costing like a small fortune yeah. but you know that aside it really does seem like 24-hour korean spas are a very reasonable place to take a little staycation or even bring the whole fam and they're known as these great places for budget travelers so when you check in you're given a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and a tiny itty bitty towel And you need to stay in those clothes while on site unless you're in separated gender bath zones or locker rooms, in which case in those spaces, you got to be naked. And word is on the great internet is that these tiny towels don't really cover a whole lot. So this is a time to just embrace getting your bits out and like being being at one with like your nakedness (laughs) around, you know, a whole lot of people. And the rest of the time you wear your shorts and your shirt and that's where you're sweating it out. They even have rooms with like massage chairs or, you know, increased oxygen. The food is cheap. And apparently it's like 15,000 won to use all the services and crash overnight on a mat in a big room that might have kids, couples, singles. And 15,000 won is like $8,000 or $8,008 American probably. So, I mean, that's cheap. And, you know, I can also go and get scrubbed until my skin is as soft as a newborn. So, you know, sign me the F up for this. 
Yeah, there's also a really fun Sohana scene in Legend of the Blue Sea. So I'm looking forward to you guys seeing that when we watch Ooh. that drama. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a fun sauna. I want to go to one so bad. I just really want to experience it. I mean, I wish I had one down the street. I'd be going like every week being like, night family, I'm going to go God. off and like have my I feel like with how reasonably priced they are and if they're like as nice and clean as they look in K-dramas, like I say, like that's how we budget across, you know, Seoul. Just pop around the different saunas. Totally. Heck Yeah. Yeah, like splash out for some nice hotels and then intersperse it with like we can get really good at like folding cute towels. Looking like Princess Leia. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. So we had tons and tons of great questions, but we really just had time for one more listener question for this round. Um, But don't worry, the rest we will be looking to address in future shows. But I don't know, Amy, do you want to handle the last question? Sure. So blurring out weapons in K-dramas. I don't know if you've noticed that. I definitely have. So the Korean Standards Communications Commission censors weapons, well, modern day weapons. They won't blur ancient swords or knives that an ajuma might be using to cut up food in the kitchen, but anything that is a weapon that might distress a viewer. They also censor cigarettes, tattoos, if shown before 11 p.m., and designer brand names or adverts. This is often seen on variety shows where clothing labels might get blurred out. Their reasoning is that weapons are traumatic and triggering to viewers, cigarettes are unhealthy, and brands that aren't Korean take away from the Korean economy. Unless they're paying that good, good product placement money with Papa John's Pizza and Subway. Papa John's. Oh, my gosh. And Vans until the night. Yes, yeah. and Vans. So if you're paying, if you're, you're going to get your time. But if you're just like... Incidental, you're going to be blurred. United Colors of Benetton in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, flashing back to the late 80s. (laughs) I saw this video on YouTube that was basically a compilation of YouTube stars, or I'm sorry, K-pop star idols, who if they are being taped, like say in a variety show or something, and maybe something happens that they're embarrassed and they're hoping they don't want that part to air. They start blurting out brand names. Like, and I've seen it. They're like Pepsi, Sprite. They just start oh. blurting out brand names. They're so smart. That is smart. Yeah. And it's, and like I said, it's, I've seen it. Like I've seen them, them do it. And I find, I found that really funny. And they're like giggling the whole time. Cause they like, <laughs> know that, that, you know, they're getting away with it, but they're not going to air it. Cause they're not going to give free advertising. That's for sure. So crafty. And the other thing I've noticed is with smoking, like they're always, I feel like so many dramas, the characters are alluding to smoking. Like, I'm going to go have a cigarette. I'm going to go smoke. And you might even see them pull a cigarette out. But, like, then it kind of disappears and they're they're never smoking. Right. Or you'll see them getting rid of it, like, at the end. Like, putting out the stub or something like that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. have you noticed in Hospital Playlist, they smoke a lot. Yes. And I, like, I forget. And then all of a sudden, one of them is smoking. And I'm like, oh, my, you're a doctor. Like, what are you doing, yeah. man? And they're not smoking. They're just, like, they are smoking as the character. Right. No, I know it's that. Like all yeah. very allude- it's all very alluded to. But they're not, Yeah, I was like- going to say, do you see them inhale and exhale? No, no, no. Oh, and you don't see okay. them light it either. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very interesting. All right, so in this section, we each kind of picked something that we were personally interested in that we wanted to do like a little bit of digging into and then share back and talk about it. 
So, okay. I've talked about this on the show before. I really loved the K-drama Me Sang. And right now I'm currently watching and loving Reply 1988. And both of these dramas feature a lead who plays a game that I had no idea what it was before watching K-drama. And not only do these characters play this game, they play it at a very high level. And it appears that the game is really important to their character development and aspects of the game seem to fuel some of their important character choices. And so the game I'm talking about is Go, G-O, Go, or in Korean, it's also known as Baduk. And it's this abstract strategy board game for two players in which the aim is simply to surround more territory than the opponent. And while it's obviously different, like you could say it has some loose comparisons to chess in so far as being considered, you know, a bit of a cerebral game of strategy. And Go was invented in China more than 2,500 years ago and is believed to be the oldest board game continuously played to the present day. In fact, a 2016 survey by the International Go Federation's 75 member nations found that there are over 46 million people worldwide who know how to play Go and over 20 million current players, the majority of whom live in East Asia. So you know, a question I have, you know, before I get into any more is just like, do you know anything about Go? And had you heard of this game before K-Drama? So I hadn't seen Go or Baduk before K-Dramas. But when I saw it in Goblin, that's the first time I remember it. It immediately made me think of the game Othello. Have either of you guys played that Othello? No, I know what you're talking about. And that it's kind of like those little like black and white pebbles. Yeah, like (laughs) I, right, like it looks really similar. And it's got a similar sort of strategy. And I loved this game when I was younger. And it's basically the game pieces are black on one side and white on the other. And when you surround, like when you get, so let's say you have a row of white and you've got a black on one end and you're, you're able to get a black on the other end and you're black, then you flip your opponents to black and those are yours now. And it keeps going back and forth as you keep sort of surrounding each other. And the goal of the game is to have the most of your color on the board once everybody has like, made their moves so wait i have a question here yeah is this racist i think it is <laughs> i do you're saying i absolutely do yes like we're trying to turn it white and black yes and so that's the funny thing before i before i decided to mention it i did like a quick search and i just like put a fellow game because i was looking for like problematic posts about it or whatever and i just found like advertisements for it and stuff like that like it's still around and so it's i love that you brought that up because like Hello, like if we're thinking of Othello, Shakespeare, like, yes, we start talking about this black and white, like, yeah, no, it's not good. It's not good. So yeah, for any like non Shakespeare fans, like Othello is the titled character of a famous Shakespearean play who is black. Yep. So just some questions. There. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But it is it um, is a game that exists, sadly, in the United States. So I've never heard of this game go well, I'd never heard of Othello either. But I had never heard of Baduk, but it was in actually just looked up what it looked like and it's it's in Itawan class a lot the, essentially the the older villain he plays it all the time with everyone he's like one of the vil- those villains just sits at a desk the whole freaking drama and basically plays this with people that come into his office and then pretends and then says he's better than them it's annoying anyway <laughs> So I'm not going to get into like the nuts and bolts of the rules because honestly, I haven't played and like, I'm not going to like just like read out like instructions. But you know, we have playing pieces called stones. There are white stones and black. Again, a bit of a chess parallel or a non-racist Othello game. No, I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And players take turns placing stones on vacant intersections on the board because it's like a grid. And once they're 
placed on the board, the stones can't be moved, but they can be removed. I don't know. It gets muddled. I don't, I doubt if you're listening at home, you like are going to rely on me to teach you how to play the game. The nuts and bolts of it all come down to the fact that the game is going to continue to play until neither player wishes to make another move. And when the game concludes, the winner is determined by counting each player's surrounded territory along with the captured stones. It's absolutely a lot more involved than that, but I'm not an expert. This is a hard, you know, a complicated game to just try to like explain on air. But I think just to like make it a little bit more palatable for a podcast, a similar comparison has been drawn among Go and Backgammon. And this is where I got like interested in just kind of like the fun facts of things is go backgammon and chess are considered to be the three oldest games that continue to enjoy worldwide popularity today. And I saw somewhere like a breakdown that I thought was fascinating, which is backgammon can be seen as a quote man versus fate contest or person versus fate contest <laughs> with chance playing a strong role in determining the outcome. Chess with rows of soldiers marching forward to capture each other kind of embodies that conflict of man versus man or person versus person. And because the handicap system tells Go players where they stand relative to other players, an honestly ranked player can expect to lose about half their game. Therefore, Go can kind of be seen as this epic embodiment in the quest for self-improvement or man or person versus self. That's so interesting. So I thought that was really I kind like of interesting. That. Yeah. And I guess Go has been featured in shows I've seen, and I guess they've just kind of like glazed over them over the time. So they've been in, Go has been featured in some Western media films, such as Pie, that was like an early 90s kind of like mind melder movie, A Beautiful Mind, and Tron. And here's the last fun fact, but I thought it was interesting, is that 70s and 80s video game sensation Atari was actually named after a Go term. Atari creator Nolan Bushnell liked to play Go and thought some of the words used in the game would make a good name for a business. Company legend has it that he asked this clerk at the California Secretary of State's office to choose between, I'm going to try with the words, Sente, Hane, and Atari, and she picked Atari. Yeah, that's so really cool. cool we had an atari when we were when i was little we had an atari when yeah. i was little and we have a we have one now because they remade like atari and like the first like nintendo and like ColecoVision and stuff like that mm. as like one a self-contained game system like where it has a bunch of games loaded so it's more like a computer but it's like old atari games on it so that's awesome yeah so i was trying to think of some questions to ask you all but like obviously it's go so it's a little bit like of a tricky one to try to talk about but it did make me think amy so Amy and I have done some co-writing together <laughs> <laughs> over time. And we once co-wrote a young adult fantasy book together that is not published. <laughs> and it featured a human chess game. And so as I was writing about this, it made me think about that, especially that idea of like man versus man or, you know, whatever. So I just thought, you know, let's take a little stroll down memory lane. Remember how we wrote a human chess game and you want to talk about it? <laughs> I do. I do. And it was like, it was a very violent human. <laughs> really? Game. I can't believe I didn't know about this. <laughs> because we, so we, so Leah and I both had a very strong reaction. <laughs> we to did an ob obsessively strong, strong reaction, reaction to the live action Beauty and the Beast movie. <laughs> 
Yes. And to Luke Evans' Gaston, and we wanted to write a villain redemption story and have Gaston be the hero of the story. Oh, this was that? So it was like the idea that like maybe we never got the full story of Gaston yeah. and like, you know, kind of tried to like do like a spin on Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, but you guys of, didn't tell me this we, had a you know, chess game in it. We called it, we called it Kill the Beast. Right. Right. We made mm. you read it, didn't mm-hmm. we, Megan? I feel like we made. I think oh, we didn't. Who did we make? No, we wouldn't have. I don't think oh. we made anyone. We, we probably sent it to you, and you didn't read it. But it, you know, yeah, we sent it to our agent, and like just basically scared the shit out of her <laughs> <laughs> because she's like, "What?" Because it was a rough book. It was a rough. It was rough. I mean, we might revisit it someday. It is a beast of a book. We thought we were geniuses. It was one of those moments where Amy and I were like, sometimes when you're writing. It's like a fever dream. Yeah, like, it was like a fever, like a fever dream, dream writing. Wait, it. How many words was it? Do you know when it was done? Oh, like 100,000 like probably. Yeah, yeah like 90, really? 100,000 words. Like we wrote a full, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we set it up as a three book series where we were going to do all the other villains. Like we had, like we wanted to do like Ursula oh God, type guys, of I like, read this now. you know, the sea you witch. Me. I mean, as I talk about it. I'm I know. Like, it makes me want to do it again. I know. It's all coming back. But yeah, so it, the idea was going to be that I don't even oh, remember. But we we made like a Joffrey type yes. prince. <laughs> oh my god! We had yeah. like a Joffrey type prince that was the real villain, mm-hmm. and he was the one who was forcing the beast was a bit of a patsy. Yeah, in the plot, yes, like he had been like cursed to be the beast, but like because he wasn't the main character in our book, it was going to be like the, pl- the it was a bit of like the like subterfuge and like political intrigue of like the overall kingdom and like the beast had been like the prince who became the beast had been kind of like wrapped up in it and like whatever he was beasting off to the side but it was really <laughs> Gaston's story <laughs> yeah oh God, I love it he was tricked by the by the sorceress basically right a cute yeah oh yeah there was like a romance between the sorceress and the evil brother like it was, it was a lot. It was. A we lot. had a lot of evil. Yeah, it, I mean, like we literally were like, we are geniuses. <laughs> Our agent was like, I don't think that this is what you think it is, and we we're like, you're wrong. It's very good, and you don't know how good it is. It's very good. And then like somehow, and I mean, like it's rare. I think that like I do miss the mark. Oh I think God. normally I would like to think that like. I can understand if I've written something that maybe hasn't like executed well, but in this case, I just like was so in love with like it. And we were and like, we have to publish it now because Gaston is big now. Yeah. Like we need it now. Just like get this deal happening. Like this is it. Like we've done it. And she was like, Oh, like, uh. get us our 80k advance. Get us our <laughs> yeah. We're ready. We want yeah, to we're, we're ready. We want to, we want to, I want to Scrooge McDuck money bath, my Gaston book of like wonder. And anyway, it, the book Amazing. does suck. It could be fixable. It is a good idea. We just kind of like effed it. I know, but yeah, someday it could be good. And in it, the culmination of the black moment is a human chess game where they're magically like whatever glamored into like being these chess pieces. And like, they don't, they're like all cognizant, but they don't have control of their bodies and they have to like kill kill each each other. other. So like if like the rook takes knight or whatever, like whatever place pieces are on that. So we had like bell on the chess board and we had like the prince, you know, the beast obviously, but then we had all these other characters from our cast and like, they were all being manipulated on this chess board by the Joffrey prince. Yeah. I think it sounds amazing. Okay. So I would I would sign you. 
thank you. We do need yeah. to kind of pull together goal motivation and conflict just a little Maybe bit a little more. Bit. But okay. we were just getting okay. really we work on GMC. So we were just we're like, we just want to write a book with a fucking map on it. We just want right? a map, a Seriously. fantasy map, fantasy map, and like magical sex. <laughs> <laughs> magical sex in a grotto we did we were like just rip it off like all the things we do have like grotto like steps with like fireflies <laughs> oh my god i love you guys so much i love it okay anyway non-sequitur but i just had to say this so okay moving on from our book kill the beast which you know you'll be able to find in stores once we fix it trademark <laughs> megan are you a board game person and if you had to play a game for fun what would it be and why so actually <laughs> actually don't like board games um <laughs> like at all i don't either um sometimes my daughter makes me play candy lane candy land with her candy um, lane that's actually a better name she's for like, it. i don't even know what it's called i know i was like <laughs> what even is it i used to like mousetrap when i was a kid do you guys did you ever play mousetrap that's like i vaguely like it had a lot up, of pieces didn't it yeah and you like set up all these pieces and then you have to like drop the ball through the the whole i think it was too things. complicated for me it is. but it's, i played it's, it's, i played lincoln logs instead of lego that's the kind of like mental capacity i why have so. am i not surprised <laughs> but i do like she whittled her do... own lincoln logs though <laughs> out of soapstone <laughs> no that might have oh actually at the end of this let me tell a nick story but just finish okay. your uh i really want to hear your game so but i do like card games a lot like it like what's that five crowns Am I saying that right? Hold you on. could be. <laughs> Let me just look it up really quick because it is a fun five crowns. Yeah, five crowns card game. That's my family. I probably should. In college, I played asshole a lot. I don't know. That's that's kind of like a drinking game. Yeah. And I still play it all the time with my family because we like to <laughs> get together and drink and then like yell at my mom like you're the asshole or you're the vice asshole. Because then there's president and vice president. That's my family. And we don't wear matching shirts. <laughs> Yeah, and I have a card game that we play with the kids sometimes. It's really silly. It's called Butts in Space. It's just super silly and funny. There's all different butts. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like like Harry Bud, and there's just all different butts. And then you have to like collect toilet paper. It's just like, it's a ridiculous kid card game. They love, and like my kids like card games too. So I guess, so yeah, I would rather play card games. I'm right there with you. I'm also very good at asshole. I am pretty good at it. I won't, I won't, I won't take the obvious like bait mm-hmm. of that presented. Mm-hmm. And I did get actually caught up in a Facebook ad yesterday that was a mug. I don't often buy coffee mugs, but this ad was an alien ship beaming up a person and it says it's time to do butt stuff. <laughs> and I was like, one click buying it. <laughs> I would, I would also buy that. I was like, I didn't even think. I was like, yeah, and I'm like, done. Damn. I got it. Yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> Yeah, just really quickly. So I was a Lincoln Log kid. Lego was just, I didn't have the attention span for it. But Nick obviously was like a deep Lego lover. And he actually competed in Lego building competitions. And in peak, in peak Nick, like child, whatever, that just speaks so much to him. He made it through like regional competitions and then got to the city, like league. And I guess choked. How can you choke at Legos? (laughs) So he sat down and they had like the Legos and you just had to build something and they had like a time. And he said that all the kids just started like beautiful mind building, like all sorts of stuff. And he just went blank and was like, the pressure got to him. He cracked. And he said, all he started doing was just 
clicking them together and making a tower. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, that was it. That was the end of his professional Lego building. <laughs> I feel like you and Nick are those people that I feel like have lived three lifetimes. Like you tell stories and I'm like, when oh. in your life did you have time for this? Like you, you've done a million things. Building Lego at the mall as a child? <laughs> yes, we've done it all, Megan. We have done it all. Like what? I don't know. At my mall, they just have like the rescue dogs you can pet. Look, like, I didn't have Lego. Like I that. didn't have Lego shit at when I was little, nor did I have like Tiffany and Debbie Gibson singing at my mall when I was little. But <laughs> oh my god, Eddie Hoodle. So yeah, this is just going to be like the Reagan Nick episode. <laughs> but now it's time for our favorite segment. It's our K recommendation of the week, and Megan is back with another K-pop wreck from one of my favorite K-pop bands. Yeah, I basically have to do this one. So Stray Kids had their comeback this week. Again, it's going to be much later when you listen to this. But still, their song is called Thunderous. And I adore it. It's very Stray Kids-ish. Bang Chan, our fearless leader. um, (laughs) Makes me a dirty Aduma. He's just not wearing a lot in the video. So you might, in the music video, you might want to check that out. There's a line that just says, I'm sorry, I'm dirty. And I can, I'm not going to pretend to like say it like they do, but it is in my head nonstop. Like the way they say it, just it's on repeat in my head all day. Like I'll just be, I'll be cooking and I'm just randomly like, I'm sorry, I'm dirty. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's a great song as always because it's by Stray Kids and it'll be on our Spotify playlist. So yeah, once again, it's Thunderous by Stray Kids. Poof. Yeah, Bang Chan. Always got time for Bang Chan. Look, I made a friend on Facebook today with a random stranger just because she posted a Bang Chan gif. And I was like, excuse me, is that Bang Chan? And she's like, yeah, it is. I love him. And I was like, I love him too. And then I did that gif from us, that that movie that's like, did we just become best friends? And she's like, hell yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Bang Chan's just bringing strangers together. Please pull out the correct movie. <laughs> that's it. Step brothers. I love that Amy's like, um, pull the glasses up. <laughs> okay, before we get to our next questions, we thought we should probably turn the mirror on ourselves. Like, there are some things that the rest of the world looks at us for and is like, I want to know more. So let's throw a few of them out there. Yeah, so these are all things that other countries look at America and say, what the heck are you guys doing? And we can start with our favorite, which is garbage disposals. <laughs> Leah needs to talk about this one. And yeah. since this is like the Nick knocking hour. Yeah, I got and so I'm going to keep it quick. But garbage disposals are just like a thing that I thought like houses have, except my house is not allowed to have them. Because I guess garbage disposals are primarily like an American kitchen thing. So it's a grinder at the bottom of your sink and you can like wash your shit down the sink and turn the grinder on and like away it goes. And my husband refers to it as American witchcraft. <laughs> And when you're in Australia, there are not garbage disposals like readily available. Like I'm sure some houses must have them, but it's definitely not the norm. And I don't know if it's the norm other places, but it seems to not be. So garbage disposals, I thought was one. We like to scrape our plates into the sink and grind them up and wash it down like lazy ass people. (laughs) So I guess uh, people are surprised that we boil hot dogs here. So I, I will say that's not my preferred method, but yeah, I would it's not say my like, preferred method. But if it you happens. go, likely, probably you eat you eat a hot dog like at a school or some sort of cafeteria, it's going to be boiled or at a, uh, or pretty, at a sporting event. Often, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're going to have boiled. them in yeah. basically like the food trucks where it's like hot water. Okay, it's hot dog flavored water, and they use tongs and they pull it out dripping and they put it on a bun and hand it to you. 
and you eat boiled meat and the water does really smell just not good but this is nostalgia for me so like all of that just tastes like a like a baseball game so i'm like into it yeah boil that meat yeah all right yellow school buses i guess is not a thing other countries like that's that's our thing and yeah do americans really ride yellow school buses yeah Oh, my kids every yeah. morning. Yeah. My son missed it the other day, and I was pretty angry. <laughs> With green pleather seats. Oh, they're so bad. They're and there's so no seatbelts. They're so freaking dangerous. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no seatbelts. Can we talk about that? There's no seatbelts. Why are there no seatbelts? <laughs> because when you get on it magically, you're never going to crash. So I just have to say this. Okay, we recently went whitewater rafting as a family, which it wasn't like deadly, but there were times where, you know, we really had to navigate kind of some rapids but anyway to get to the point to get to the drop-off point where the we had to put the rafts in the water we had to ride a school bus there so we were all packed in the school bus my daughter was so scared of the school bus ride she loved the whitewater rafting terrified of the school bus ride because the guy drove so fast on these like back windy mountain roads in pennsylvania she cried terrified because you're like bouncing around because again there's no freaking seatbelts yeah (laughs) it's so crazy that we're like we're gonna put all of our children on these why do we that's crazy we accept that i know (laughs) okay prom kings and queens it's a thing so we didn't have this actually we had homecoming king and queen but not prom we We didn't have or maybe we don't didn't. No, we do both i think i think we just had homecoming king and queen it's basically a popularity contest and you vote And the person gets to wear a crown and be awesome forever, I guess. (laughs) Or that's when they peak and then everything is downhill after that because it's high school. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. An aisle at the grocery store that has nothing but cereal on either side. A full, a full, a full, like both sides. Like it's not just like one, you know, you face your right and you got cereal and you face your left and you've got like, you know, whatever canned fruit. (laughs) It's all freaking cereal. And I love it. So is this just not is is just is cereal just really American? Like, or do other countries just not eat cereal as much as we do? Because I freaking love cereal. Well, it's all the brands. So I think go, it's all the different brands and uh, types that we have. And we are sh- okay. I do like again. I'm just using my Australian yeah. lens, but I think that they can like represent probably a large amount of countries that look to our cereal with something akin to horror. <laughs> so in Australia, they eat muesli, which is kind of like a cereal, but I would say it's like nuts and like unprocessed granola and like you know it's kind of got like a danish root or something but anyway everyone eats muesli that i know for breakfast Hmm. it's like a thing and it's like eating like rabbit poop in a bowl (laughs) i don't know i don't know that sounds bad but like no it's more involved grape nuts is a very mono experience muesli has like a lot of little it's like different textures and stuff like that it's like granola but without sugar and like they're very big on like no sugar for breakfast and so if we go there i feel so much shame for the fact that my kids eat cereal and i'm not even talking like my kids eat cereal that's like lucky charms unless they're at grandma's i'm talking about like cheerios i'm like i'm sorry we're having the oh my cheerios. god cheerios is like an american steam it is we i mean to this day like it's still one of my kids favorite snacks same like 12 and 15 do you like because i hate cereal do you like yes, cereal oh my cereal. god you don't understand I love how much it. i love cereal i have i just had cereal before Ugh. this podcast i often this is this is like a fam my family thing i don't think this is normal but i have cereal at night a lot like it's like my so does yeah, my son like my snack i love cereal and I don't, I'm not talking, I don't usually get the sugary cereals. I usually get like Cheerios, Special K. I did have Frosted Flakes tonight, but 
I love Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes is good stuff. I used to love Honeycomb. Oh, my God. I used to eat Honey Smacks when I was a kid. I freaking love cereal. Like, really. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm right there with you. All right. So, yeah. Come to America if you're not from here and you can try probably like 500 types of cereal. I think it would would overwhelm the hell out of somebody who doesn't realize what we are packing in cereal. So... Let's do one last one, which is red solo cups. This one is so funny to me because I didn't. I mean, it's basically we drink alcohol out of red solo cups. I drank out of one this weekend. <laughs> it's like, and it's like you just think like if you're if you're having a gathering at your house and you want to have like disposable stuff, you're going for the red. Like I, yeah, you can get solo cups in other colors. You can get blue. You can get yellow. No, no I get the red. Got to get, get the red. red. It's just a thing. I didn't even know you could buy other colors. Yeah, there's a couple other colors. Yeah. I mean, in college, that's like you played beer pong with uh, with red solo cups, and that's just what we do. There's a country song, red solo cups. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, speaking of drinking, one question I had was about soju tents. So I decided to do a little research and had a lot of fun, actually. I mean, what's it's really fun to research soju or soju tents i can't be the only one who wants to get drunk on soju in a street tent on seoul and confess my unrequited crush to my childhood best friend am i so k-dramas have romanticized the soju tent a bit and so i wanted to find out a little bit more about the origins of these stands so according to an article in punch written by a man who lived and drank in south korea soju tents are a form of Pojang, I don't quite know where the emphasis in this word is, but Pochang Matcha or Pocha for short, a catch-all term for a small tarp-covered restaurant, roadside tents and stalls hastily rigged up in alleyways or next to train stations, the place for common folk and salary men to go to relieve the stresses of life, not fancy or made with comfort in mind, just a place to be anonymous and eat and drink the stress away. These Pocha sell street food, Fish cake broth, fried eggs, spicy rice cakes, blood sausage, skewered meats, and deep fried everything. The mainstay is anju, or food to accompany drinking. Seoul is littered with these pocha, which started popping up in 1945 following the end of the Japanese occupation. The exact origins of this restaurant in a tent are unclear. The Pochang Matcha's literal translation, packaged horse cart, might lead some to guess that its origins lie somewhere in the Joseon dynasty, where horse-driven food stalls were a common sight in the capital. But many sources point to the birth of the modern Pochang Matcha in the 1950s, after Korea was liberated from Japanese colonialism. Some speculate that the Pochang Matcha is more likely a spinoff from the Japanese Yate, Y-A-T-I-A, mobile food stands dating back to the 1600s. By one count, there were over 3,000 in 2012. Many were operated illegally, and the Korean government had been cracking down on them, calling them unsanitary and eyesores. The Seoul city government has finally recognized that they are a cultural presence within the city and have started granting permits to some. Nevertheless, there are far fewer than there used to be. So my question for Amy and Leah is, what's one of your favorite soju tent scene in a K-drama? So for me, it's always going to be Goblin, not just Kim Shin kicking ass outside the tent, but it's the first real kiss with him and Untak when she turns 20. Megan, I know you don't like the part of the romance when she's still technically a minor, but this scene <laughs> was just so super sweet to me and I loved it. Yeah, me too, honestly. I think it's my favorite. And then one that also sticks out is like 
a bit of the tent, but it's secret. Uh, what's wrong with Secretary Kim? And I don't want to get into it too much because Megan, you haven't gotten there yet. But it's when Park Seo Joon's character goes drinking with Secretary Kim's dad. I it's fantastic. Um, can imagine yeah, that's going to be it. amazing. Yeah, I yeah. actually really liked. So there was a scene in my roommate is a Gumio where she gets really really drunk and she basically confesses to him, but he misunderstands and he thinks she's talking about how much she loves the food. And it's just very funny. The whole scene is cute, and uh, I loved it a lot. Okay, so we're going to close things out today with bank books. (laughs) Bank books or pass books, they're called either one. So I have this vague memory of when I was a kid, and my parents opened a savings account for me. As proof that I had money in the bank, they gave me my bank book, which was useless on its own other than as a statement of what was in my account. In my initial research of bank books used here in the United States, I found that they were exactly what I remembered them to be, a statement of transactions. They were mostly used for accounts that didn't get too much traffic, like, you know, a savings account of a minor. Because remember, this was pre-debit card, because we don't, as far as I know, we are not using bank books like they use bank books in South Korea, but we'll get to that. When I was in high school, I got my first job, which meant getting my first ATM card. They weren't called debit cards back in the day because they only worked at ATMs, not as like an alternative to a credit card. And because I was a kid, I basically relied on the receipt to tell me how much I had left in my account when I made a transaction. It wasn't like I was paying bills or anything like that. And that inaugural bank book, no idea what became of it. It probably went the way of my 90s passport. Fast forward to my 20s where I am paying bills now. I have a checking account. I balance my checkbook in that check-sized register that goes in the back of the book. And now I do it all online. The bill paying, the transferring, the balancing, thanks Google Sheets. So color me perplexed when I watched Goblin twice because it is my number one top tier, nothing has topped it yet drama. And Untak's horrible, terrible, no good aunt is always <laughs> hounding her for her late mother's bank book because she's sure Untak is hiding all of this money. Now I'll digress for a second to fill in anyone who hasn't seen Goblin, but really you should just pause the podcast and go watch it because you are missing out. Untak, played by Kim Goan, is a 19-year-old girl who has been raised by her aunt since her mom died when she was nine. All her aunt cares about is money, and for a decade, she's accused Untak of keeping her mother's inheritance from her since she thinks it should go to her for being Untak's guardian. Also, Untak can see dead people, like ghosts. You need to know this for me to go on, okay? We're all caught up? Good. (laughs) <laughs> and now back to the bank book, or some might say passbook, or Tongjang in Hangul. Untak has not been hiding anything. As far as she knows, her mom left her no such thing. But one day in episode 10, thanks Drama Beans for the recap, when she and Kim Shin, Goblin of My Dreams, Gong Yu, go to pay their respects to one of her ghost friend's memorials, Untak notices a school picture of her ghost friend with Untak's mom. She makes Kim Shin open a portal to the library where she usually hangs out with this particular ghost, and Jung Hyun, her ghost bestie, is waiting. She admits to being Untak's mom's friend when they were in school, which is why she's been looking out for Untak all these years. Then she takes Untak to a locker, and what's inside? A pile of bank books with enough money in them to pay for Untak to go to college. Bank books. This still does not compute to me. <laughs> At first, I thought it was like an anomaly, but then the bank books kept popping up in drama after drama, and I needed to know, especially when the books were prevalent in Goblin, which is only a few years old, what the deal was. And the most comprehensive information I could find comes from a post by the Institute of Basic Science, or IBS. So according to the post, and I've done a bit more research to back this up, South Korean banks don't, use, don't issue personal checks. Like People don't have personal checks in South Korea. 
Banks can print you a check if you need them, but South Koreans aren't walking around with their own personalized superhero or cuddly kitten <laughs> checkbook. When you want to make a transaction at an ATM, you may use a debit card or you insert your bank book, like the whole book. You withdraw your wand, the ATM prints the transaction into your book, and voila, <laughs> an up-to-the-minute balanced bank book. I got to say, I'm kind of geeked about this. I use a Google spreadsheet to balance my banking at least once a week, especially on the 1st and 15th of the month when I pay bills. And sometimes I'm off and can't figure out why, so I'll fudge a number to reconcile with what my bank says. But if I could just insert my passbook into the ATM and have it print out all the transactions I've made that week, how much easier would that be? Sure, I'd probably forget or get lazy, but in a perfect world, I'd slide that sucker into the slot, have it do its business, and save myself a lot of head scratching about why I'm 73 cents short in my own attempts to reconcile my accounting. I still don't get Untak having piles of bank books in the locker when really doesn't she just need the most recent one. But still, I'm fascinated by this practice and wonder if I would like it more than the way I do my banking now. So my question for you two. With all that being said, I'm obviously... <laughs> Super type A. <laughs> and especially so when it comes to managing my finances. If I were to ask one of you or both of you right now, could you tell me that you have your checking account balanced to the penny? Or do you live on the edge, trusting that what it says online is what you actually have? I feel like, do you even have to ask me this question? I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I know. I mean, like, you think I do math? No um, way. It's a theoretical exercise for me at best. My hu So Nick recently has been like, we need to start to like figure this out more because somehow I've been tasked with our money management. And I like to just like play a game that's called, let's see what money we have. That sounds like me. <laughs> and I'd say that's my, that, that sounds, sounds like my strategy. So, ooh, do we have money? Yes. <laughs> or no, we don't have money. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have two accounts, two main checking accounts because I have like where my direct deposit for my day job goes and then I have one where my direct deposit for my writing stuff goes so I can keep all that separate because it's easier when it get, comes to taxes. And I balance them to the penny on a weekly oh basis God. and it makes oh me God, happy. Amy. I, I, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but like do, does it surprise you at all that I'm just like, oh, no, I have about this no. much. And I love that when you asked the question, I was just like, um, <laughs> like, cause my, cu my, my cousin was telling me in Michigan how she takes out her check. She's like, what do you mean you don't have a checkbook? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like I've got like, a ch I've got like checks that like sit in different corners of my house that like when random school shit happens where they only take checks, I dig it out. Right. That's the only reason I use a checkbook and I lose it all over my house all the time and end up having to order more checks. So if somebody were to like come in my house right now, you'd probably find like random checkbooks and piles of shit all over my house. So I totally do that because I don't really use checks and I don't ever carry cash either. So yeah. I do everything either through my debit card or electronically. Like there's an Amazon box so coming when you're every saying, day. Like you look like you sit down and you just are like, this is what I've spent and this is what I have. So I will sit down if it's time, like I paid bills yesterday because I paid them because I paid them before the first of the month because why not? So I paid my first of the month bills yesterday because I was home with a, a sick kid yesterday. So I'm like, I'm going to get some shit done. So I open up my, I log into Chase online and then I open my Google spreadsheet and I check that I have all the same transactions. And no way. Yeah, I do. And oh, then God, I check that we have the same balance. 
I screw would Neil. I'm now yeah. marrying you. You just <laughs> marry me now. Because I can play Oculus with you and yes. have this. And I'll do the banking. finances. And oh I'll my do God, the finances. No. I, I, honestly, if Neil died, guys, you don't understand. I would have just zero idea how much. Well, what's even worse is I'm the one driving oh, our ship. No. But like <laughs> Neil, does, Neil does not trust. Neil would never trust me, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't. I would love not to, but at this point, that's my. Uh, I don't even know. That's a whole other. <laughs> yeah. Before, oh my gosh! Before I bought my before I bought my new Dyson over the weekend, I had to make sure all everything was hunky dory. Yep. So thank you for the bank book thing. I think that is really fascinating. And now that we're kind of getting to the end, I wanted to do, you know, I was trying to think of like, what's a book wreck? And, you know, with the theme of I have questions, I felt like we need to have a book that I have questions. So here's my caveat. I have so many questions about this book and I have not read it. However, I will read it and I'm going to take this pledge and I will come back on this podcast and I will update you all on this book. So this is a book that's been going around TikTok and getting a lot of hype. And it is called (laughs) (laughs) content, content warning for this entire thing. (laughs) Right. Okay. If you want to forward ahead to what we're watching, please do go ahead. Cause this is, this is, I got questions. This is called the morning glory milking firm. Cambrick Creek Sweet and Steamy Monster Romance Volume 1 by C.M. Nascosta. It right now, it just came out like in the last, what, couple weeks? And it currently is sitting at 2,652 ratings on Goodreads. So not bad for a book that the cover is homemade. (laughs) It's the shadow of a minotaur's head a bottle of a milk-like <laughs> substance and a woman putting on black latex And just, you know, gloves. it's 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 281 in the entire Kindle store. Just see, like... Yeah, like this book selling is selling like, like... Yeah, you're going to retire in Hawaii. Okay, so I'm going to read the blurb just to give us all a sense. And like I said, content warning ahead. Violet is a typical down-in-her-luck millennial, mid-twenties, overeducated, and drowning in debt on the verge of moving into her parents' basement when a lifeline appears in the form of a very unconventional job in neighboring Cambrick Creek. She has no choice but to grab at it with both hands. Morning Glory Milking Farm offers full-time hours, full benefits, and generous pay with no experience needed. There's just one catch. The clientele is grade A certified prime beef with the manly meaty endowments to yeah, I'm trying to not laugh. The clientele is grade A certified prime beef with the manly meaty endowments to match. Milking minotaurs isn't something Violet ever considered as a career option, but she's determined to turn the opportunity into a reversal of fortune. Gotta love a plucky heroine. Mm-hmm. So when a stern, deep voice client begins to specially request her for his milking sessions, maintaining her professionalism and keeping him out of her dreams is easier said than done. Violet is resolved to make a dent in her student loans and afford name brand orange juice and a one-sided crush on an out of her league minotaur is not part of her plan until her feelings aren't so one-sided after all this 
<laughs> this is the best part. Morning Glory Milking Farm is a short human slash monster romance novel featuring a high heat, slow burn with a lot of heart and a guaranteed HEA. Content warnings include cock milking, <laughs> non-human anatomy, size difference, and a lot of fluid. It is the first book in the Cambric Creek monster romance series and can be read as a standalone. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. The fact that someone <sighs> came up with this, like like props to CM Nascosta, like, come on. I, I never would have come up with this. I never would have thought of something like this. The very first review that's like the highest rated is Ruby Dixon. And it says, what did I just read and why is it so great? It's exactly what you think it is, but it's not creepy and the hero is an absolute gem. And like, this is the thing that's got me having questions is like smutty WFRE is like kind of like a thing that comes and goes throughout Romance Landia. Like I remember when Moan for Bigfoot hit it big and that woman like paid for her kid's college education off of like this book called Moan for Bigfoot, which was a non-con Bigfoot book. With buckets of Bigfoot fluid. And it was like nine pages. I mean, it was like so short. I read it in like uh, five minutes and was like, what didn't like oh my bleach God. my eyeballs on that one? But this actually looks like it's WTF and somehow good. Like people are like, I hate how good this was. I was invested. Like that's what I'm saying. I have questions, questions that need answers. I'm going to volunteer to read this and report back because this sounds like the kind of like what the fuckery that like floats my boat. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. All right, then. I need to read it too. <laughs> and poor Amy's just like, dear God. <laughs> all right. Okay. So what are we all watching? So I'm still slowly making my way through Into the Ring. I'm two episodes in. I will get there. It's been a rough go of it getting started with school, but I am delighted by this drama and looking forward to continuing it's so great so great as i said before i'm watching what's wrong with secretary kim i absolutely love it i mean i am incredibly delighted if and park seojun just based on the other roles that i've seen him in and then in this i mean he's the best he's the goat he's so talented i just adore him and uh, yeah I can't wait to talk about this. We are going to do a deep dive on this coming up, and I can't wait. And I um, Hospital Playlist 2, unfortunately, is taking like a week off, which is torture for me. So I am watching Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha, which was meh for me on the first episode, liked it a lot on the second episode. So I think we're off and running, and it's happy. And I'm also watching Reply 1988 and just super loving it. I'm not that far in. I'm starting episode five, but... You know, a bit of a quiet drama, super character driven. And yeah, I, I'm getting what the hype is about. And I think I'm really going to fall in love with it. Yay. And aren't we doing Secretary Kim next week? Mm-hmm. I think so. So that's going to be our next show. I can't right? wait. I just, I can't, I'm not you know, done, like but. listening to Megan, I, Lee and I watched this drama like months ago. It was like one of mm-hmm. our first ones, like after Chloe and Goblin, I think. Yeah, it was more than months ago. I'd say it was like. A year. It, it, um, it was all well because we started watching K dramas like I think about like around like October November right like last year I want to say Maybe, yeah because I had my Liebman Ho like deep dive in December so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we definitely did Chloe and Goblin before that and then we watched Secretary Kim I think was our maybe our third drama and we both liked it a lot but we weren't we didn't have like Chloe and Goblin reactions to it and we also we didn't know Park Seo Joon we didn't know Park Min Young we didn't know that they were gonna 
become, you know, two of our favorite actors. And so now listening to Megan react to it is making Leah and I both want to watch it again. Yeah, I think we're just gonna have to fit in episodes because I knew it was fun. It felt like a very yeah, I don't want to get into it. It felt like a very candy fun yes. thing, but we had just watched all these emotional things. Yeah, so, right. Like, oh, and I yeah. totally, I totally get that. I, I just, it's incredibly delightful, and like I said, I, I've now so seen. Delightful. And I also get why how, why you reacted the way you did to Park Min Young in Healer because she's also just, I mean, in that she was just so young and like, yeah, bubbly and kind of tough, and then in her private life and in this one, she's like very polite, wearing her heels everywhere, her little pencil skirts. I mean, just, just yeah, her totally... pencil skirts. I wish I could wear a pencil skirt. Oh my skirt God. Like she wears a what pencil is the skirt. deal with that? And, and, and the woman runs in heels. Yeah. I am like, how? Like, teach me how? I, 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 anyway, I'm just, I can't even, yeah. I'm just a door. I do think, I do think my perspective on it is different just based on what I know about Park Seo Joon. Mm-hmm. To see right. him take on like a Park Seo Wee role in Itawan class and fight from dogman and then to see him do this table to perfection i'm just dying like i love it so much yeah. so it'll be fun so excited to talk about it yeah but that is it for today everybody so we are gonna call it a day mm-hmm. call it a night morning whenever you're listening to us and we're gonna say thank you for listening to afternoon of delight make sure to subscribe for more great k-romance conversation and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoon and Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind-the-scenes photos, and, of course, pics of our favorite opas and unis. Annyeong! Annyeong!